This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that's profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is the fabulous Greg from Studio One Design. Hey, Big Al. <laughs> How are you, mate? Still good, mate. How are you? I'm awesome. <laughs> I, look, I've been hanging all week for this episode because we kind of left our topic halfway in the we last did. episode, didn't we? We did indeed, and so we're talking about... 2018, well, not that many, but high-performance website trends in 2018 that rock, okay? So and we did six already, so if you haven't listened to them, go back and listen to them first and then come to this episode. And a lot of the listeners on the last episode, you've probably actually had a look at this. If you haven't, you can go back or you can just jump straight onto the blog. So go to studio1design.com and in the search box, just click the little magnifying glass in the right-hand corner, type 28. And the blog post will come up. No need to pause and read the first half. Just jump straight to number seven and you can go back and listen to the previous episode or you can read it later. But these aren't in any sequential order. So you can get the benefit out of this episode and then, you know, get, get the other information. So... Let's do it, Greg. Yeah. Number seven. Oh, awesome, man. And before, I just want to throw in here quickly, if you stay to the end, we've got some die-in website trends of 2018, okay? So these are ones that have been overused. And then we're going to give you some bonus evergreen website trends. So hang around. But yeah, number seven. Okay, so this is using scalable vector graphics in brackets. It might be SVG, okay? So that just means that instead of having pixelated images, these are vector-based images and they're made up of paths essentially so no matter how large they appear on your website they'll always look super crisp just like a font and they are incredibly small in file size okay so yeah what they are I mean you can use them for buttons you can use them for little icons and things like that and obviously the smaller the file size that you have on the web page, the faster it loads, and then as a result, you'll rank higher in Google. And also, it's a better user experience. So, graphic designers are going to go, oh, duh, use vector, it's way better. But just so the other listeners who might not know what that exactly means is, vector, instead of being made up of pixels, it's made up of instructions, which tells the website where to draw the lines at the time it needs to be drawn. So, mm. you know, rather than having to have a bunch of pixels, which are very heavy files, it just has one little strip of code that says, make it this shape, right? And it's, uh, SVGs are awesome. I mean, you introduced me to SVGs maybe three or four years ago, right. Greg. And it's, they're not a new thing, but I think they're more commonly used. And with the advances of web design and coding as far as the back end, they would be easier to use today, Greg. Would that be, would that be right in saying? Uh, easier to use in a coding sense? Yeah, in, in a way of deploying them on your website. I have no idea, buddy. I like to think of our business as a design business. Yes, we have coders as well, but I don't talk to them about this stuff. We just tell the developers what we want and it's up to them to make it work. So I don't know how it works. It just works. I think with a lot of things, you know, sometimes these trends and using more of them does come with back-end capability. So there are, so what you're basically saying is, 
go through your website, find graphical elements, buttons, icons, things that have been made in logos. Photoshop and are JPEGs, yeah, logos, and have them turned into SVGs and you will speed up the performance of your site. And Correct. that is important. Why, Greg? Well, because you'll rank better, but also it's a better user experience. And you know what? SVGs look better. They look really crisp like a font as opposed to if you're on a really high res you know, monitor, you'll often look at images and you'll go, oh, that looks pixelated. Yeah, absolutely. So you d definitely, definitely. And, and and I think this also comes with being able to design websites in things like Adobe Illustrator these days rather than yeah. you know, pixel-based programs like Photoshop. That's right, yeah. And still, I mean, traditionally a lot of website designers still use Photoshop and you can create vector elements in Photoshop, but I would argue that it's a lot quicker in Illustrator because that's what Illustrator is created for, creating vector elements. Definitely, definitely. All right, so... Number eight, use a single background color to maintain page flow. I find this one really interesting, Greg, because I, I really love the concept of it, but I've always thought of websites as, you know, using background color and back, background tone, not necessarily big blocks of color, but image elements and things like that, and alternating them to create section breaks in the page. So you're saying now it's more about a smoother flow down a single page? It is, yeah. So, and we're using this a lot. It's, it's well, I should say, especially on sales pages. So if you think about a sales page, the one, the most important thing is really the copywriting, okay? That's the reason that, you know, people are going to understand what the offer is all about. So the graphics need to enhance the, the copy essentially. And what I find, you know, a lot of designers get wrong is they'll overpower the copy by using graphics and changing background colors. And what it essentially does, it ruins the flow of the copy. Copy. And even worse, some people might think it's actually the end of the page when they see a background color change. So it doesn't entice them to, to keep drawing or keep reading down the page. So you'll find if you put heat maps on pages that have multiple background colors, it can, you know, obviously confuse the, the viewer or even just stop the flow altogether. And you'll find that the heat map will show that a lot of people don't scroll as far as you want them to. So, I mean, a couple of tricks you can do there, put a sticky nav, uh, sorry, sticky call to action at the top nav, that'll help with conversions. But just overall, the flow of the page is a lot better if you keep it to one background color. Yeah, and the examples you have on your website there, Greg, and I know this is a podcast, it's not a visual medium, but go and have a look, listener, because the examples he has on display there of how to use that sort of very simple one and two colour design, you can see why it will convert better. You know, mm. it, it's much easier on the eye. The flow is fabulous. Yeah. So, you know, I think I, I actually... Having, uh, I said at the beginning that I always thought, oh, you know, these colour breaks were a great way to break up sections on web pages. But having previously read your post, I, I'm a convert. I think I think this is a great strategy, and especially for sales pages. Yeah, and what we do as well, though, on a sales page is we might break up the flow after all the copy sections. When we get to the call to action section, that's when you want to break the flow, for instance, right? So we'll draw the eye down the page to the call to action section and then maybe change the background colour because that's going to give more emphasis on the call to action. Yeah, nice. But you're still using it within the tone range that you've selected yeah. by, by the looks of the examples. You've just used it really strong. True. So, so this next one is kind of, it, it almost strikes me as the polar opposite of this one. Can, do you want to go into this one? 
It is. So really, this is not for sales pages. This would just be for above the fold section. So it's really just to create a big impact. When somebody first lands on your site, it's just creating something visually that is going to be using strong color to and you know strong images, big fonts, etc., to really make an impact. And that's what it's all about, just to get the attention. When people are surfing the web, they're going to see all these websites that look the same, and then boom, they'll see yours, and you're going to look completely different in, in an impactful way. So the the actual heading you've got there is use brave color to stand out, right? Yeah. And, and I like that. It's brave because there has been a trend for a long time and, you know, the standards are set by often companies like Apple where it's very neutral. Mm, absolutely. And I've seen this over the, uh, over the last couple of years where some companies that really do stand out are the ones that are willing to use brave color to stand out so and you're not necessarily using this through the whole website are you no again this is above the fold it's the first thing people see so make an impact that's right and that's all we're saying you know and it might not be throughout an entire website at all it might just be specifically for you know one particular page on the site it could be the home page i'm not saying it shouldn't but i'm just saying you, you know you don't want to overuse it you just want to make an impact when people land on that page Nice. I love that. I love that. Cool. And this one that's coming up next is, I think, one of the things that I really love about your design team, that they, they do a spectacular job of this kind of thing, which is using large type integrated with photographic elements yeah. to make an impact. Yeah, absolutely, man. I love this trend so much. I just think, you know, you see it a lot on TV ads or video film clips, things like that, where they're incorporating fonts with images or, or you know, footage, for instance. So, and this is a trend based on that. It's really just mixing still photography with nice fonts. So you might have a font that has some photos of people or buildings that some of it's in front of the font, some of it's behind the font, and it just makes a really nice visual impact. It's just beautiful design trend in my opinion yeah it's so hard to describe on the podcast isn't it it is yeah go and have a look it, it's i'm just trying to think of of why i love this you know why i love this because it stops it being a gaudy headline yeah right it's no longer a magazine cover gaudy headline what it is is uh care about how you're giving the message to the reader and making it visually beautiful which, which i think is outstanding yeah and this is only a professional graphic designer could do it as well as you know these examples yeah look uh, i mean you could try <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but let me tell you now you know it takes some real care and skill and knowledge to to make Graphics that look as good as the samples on your website, Greg. You got it. So what do we got next? All right, so next is just uh, be creative with inventive typography. So it's similar to the last trend, except, you know, we're just taking it more towards, I mean, just being customized, customized fonts essentially, right? So, you know, you might have, I see a lot of paintbrush scripty kind of fonts these days or hand-painted fonts or, you know, fonts that have really good flow, you know, multiple colors in there. So it's really starting, you know, with a font and then, and then customizing it essentially or, or just starting from scratch with more of an organic approach. You know what I see here? What do you see? I see the end game of some of these really terrible Photoshop actions for fonts <laughs> that were inv invented in the last uh, or written in the last 15 to 20 years coming together and being used in an 
absolutely stunning way. Yeah, nice, nice. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So it's really the last two trends are really giving power back to the designer to give them more creativity and freedom. And do these do some of these become vector elements or are most of these part of the images that are embedded in the site? I'm just I'm just curious. I would say they're more more uh, image, more pixel based because, you know, they're they're so customized and there's a lot of sort of natural elements within and it's mixing you know, photos within fonts and, yeah, just a lot of customization. So I would say the, the end result would be too tricky for SVG. Yeah, but they still look great. They yeah, look awesome. They do. I think they'd, they'd be worth the extra split second of loading to have it on your site. Yep, you bet. So what have we, we did using large typography, embed, like integrated with photographic elements, being creative with typography. What's our, we're up to number 12. What's our number 12, Greg? Yeah, so it's using scroll-triggered subtle animation with caution though, right? So obviously parallax effects are overdone and that's why they're, they're dying out, but they also kill conversions. They're really slow on load speed, but from a user experience, they can be, you know, a little bit annoying. But what we're suggesting here is just use a subtle animation. So when your scroll, just little elements could move, could move in and out, but not too much. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, it's just like a, a new way of using parallax, but it's just a little bit more subtle. And you could even have it on a call to action button, for instance. So that call to action button. And, and by the way, this is only when you scroll to that section of the page, you'd have a bit of movement. Before you get to it, it doesn't move at all, right? So it only starts moving when you get to it. But call to action buttons, you can have them move slightly to draw more attention. I find it's really powerful with social proof, especially with numbers. You get to a social proof bar, which has, you know, how many customers you have helped recently, how many fans you have, all that sort of stuff. But when you get to that section, you'll see the number start from zero and climb quickly to 10,000 or whatever. And that just draws enough attention. And then it'll be static again, right? Uh, it draws enough attention to that element because those type of elements, you really want to draw attention to them. I think it's funny that you said to use them subtly. And then the video that you've got on your website that shows them has some really spectacular <laughs> examples of of this use these are probably a little bit extreme because it's uh you know it's hard to find exactly what you're talking about but this does paint the picture it does look and, and, and i think that you're right the examples you've given are overdone and, and again to cite apple i mean if you go to the current iphone x page it's got the big x on the screen and as you scroll down, the X zooms towards you and then turns into the iPhone. And then as you scroll, it moves up at a slightly higher speed to the the copy that comes below it. There right? you go. So yeah, that's subtle. So yep. it's scroll-based action rather than parallax, which is just a different speed of motion within the website. You got it. Yeah, it is cool. And I've seen some very clever uses of this, and in particular things like those you know, climbing numbers and text changing while you're on the site as you take an action. Yeah, and it draws your attention, doesn't it? Like, and that's the type of thing you want to be drawn to. Absolutely. And, and I think this, even if you didn't do it subtly, but you did it in a way that had extreme purpose, like you weren't doing it for the sake of having animation, it could be very, very beneficial. I really like this one. Cool, man. Awesome. All right. So now we're going to get into some dying website trends for 2018. And I don't know if you remember these, Al, but um, full screen welcome ads. In fact, we spoke with uh, Pep Lyra about these 
Uh, he talked about them as well being a, um, a dying trend from the point of view that users are fatigued. You know, they're, they're sick of seeing them and marketers will often kill trends because they're overused and this is one of them. Yeah, I'm looking down. I'm going to let you run through this list, but I'm looking down this list and I'm thinking I'm glad almost all of these are, are gone. So, or, <laughs> yeah. or going, should I say. Yeah, cool. Look, another one is yeah, flat vector design. Once again, it's just completely overused. Parallax, you know, we've just talked about it, but really you just don't want to overuse it. You can use it as long as it's subtle, but that's the only time you'd really want to use it. Video backgrounds, again, are very distracting and proven to be a conversion killer. So you know, there's always exceptions to the rules of if you do A-B tests, there's always going to be, you know, some sites that will do better with one of these things that we're saying won't do better. But, you know, you want to test it and you want to test it with thousands of visitors, not just small sample sizes. But overall, according to all the conversion experts that we follow, video backgrounds are a conversion killer. Stock images, obviously they're completely overused and especially the cliche cheesy ones. So yeah, just if you can avoid them. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. We still use custom, sorry, stock images, but we will customize them. Okay. So you can use them creatively, but just don't use them as is and avoid the really cliche ones. And then ghost buttons. So yeah, look, we still have the occasional ghost buttons, even on my website. And the reason is because we want to draw more attention to a, a more important call to action. And then there might be, you know, for instance, it might be say, you know, call to action to get a quote, right? But above that, there might be some testimonials and then there might be a little ghost button for testimonials, which would be to view more testimonials. So that's not as important as the main get a quote call to action. So you potentially put that in a ghost button, but it's the only time we'd use it. You wouldn't just use ghost buttons on your website. You want to try and go back to using buttons that look like real buttons. Oh, thank goodness. Video backgrounds and parallax are disappearing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think the ghost buttons thing was a logical thing. And I yeah. think it was, I mean, I think you and I spoke about it way back we did. that, you know, okay, it's trendy, but just don't use it. I mean, I think there are a lot of trends that you really have to look at and go, well, how is this going to impact my user and my conversions? And even if it's the trendiest thing ever, you need to sort of say, no, I'm not going to do that. 100% man yeah and so look here are some bonus website design trends these are evergreen in my opinion so at least for you know this next two-year period who knows mate because the whole web could change in two years it might all be you know in VR virtual reality but for now what I'm going to say is that pop-up windows still work very well so we're not talking about um, when you land on a site and instantly you get an annoying pop-up. That's the only type of pop-up that we don't like to use, right? However, entry pops do convert well, but I would be more inclined to use an exit pop, a time on site pops, you know, depending on how long you've been on there or the amount of pages you've viewed, etc. There's lots of rulings you can do to, to have something pop up, but pop-ups do convert really well. So consider using them still. And then social proof galore, in my opinion, you can't have enough social proof, you know? If you just had an offer and social proof proving that that offer works, that usually converts really, really well. And we've actually tested that. We're using that right now on a, um, a, a checklist that, that we have on offer and that converts really well. And that's all we have on the page, just the offer and social proof. And then finally, floating call to action. So, and it's not really finally, we've got three to go. <laughs> but mm -hmm. Al, you, point, you pointed out before the floating call to action that we have in our sidebar, you know, really, you, you liked it. And, and it does convert really well because it's just, 
it's just there the whole time no matter where you scroll so that's a good trend and so so that's floating call to action as opposed to sticky which is on the top of the bottom correct exactly yeah so this just floats on the sidebar but it only appears when you scroll past the end of the sidebar elements or widgets that are currently there so it's a pretty clever one and then yeah so we have videos and so to me video is a really good way of building trust you know especially face to camera or you know illustrations animations i mean you want to follow like you know frameworks like the spin selling framework or whatever but yeah videos aren't going anywhere they convert really well and yeah they're just a, a great thing you can't have enough videos on your website in my opinion but not video backgrounds right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> videos that play when you want them to play yeah you got it and then finally just using comedy in your design so we touched uh, on this we had a whole episode on this recently al and i'm going to link to that in the sh in the notes of this blog post actually i just thought of that then but uh, yeah we've done a whole episode on that so go back a few episodes and you can listen to that but it can really help boost conversions from the point of view that it makes people feel less less anxious and therefore more inclined to take action yeah, and it doesn't just have to be comedy, but it can be fun. So, I mean, yeah. if you go back up Greg's blog post and you look at the use of typography with photographic elements, you know, and the bold use of colour, you know, there's a there's an image of a, a bright yellow background and a girl with a bright yellow badminton racket, and because it's scrolling, I can't actually see what the site was for. But my point was, it was fun. It mm. wasn't it wasn't boring. You know, the, there's an example of a bear lying on the ground, reaching up to the sky, and the headlines sort of intertwined with the the the. Um, Font. The font. So it's, it, I mean, they're not ha ha make a joke type of web design comedy, but they're fun. They're, mm. they're, there's a little, they're a little bit tongue in cheek, you know, whether you'd actually see something like that in reality. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%, man. And you're right. And look, overall, that's all these trends are really trends that we've handpicked because they are more likely to have your brand be more memorable and look more professional. And also, you know, some of these trends are specifically designed around conversions, but all of these will give you a better result with your website. Yes, sweet. That was killer. Again, listener, if you didn't get to hear the first episode, go back one episode and, and have a listen because these two episodes combined can give you a really good roadmap of how you might brief your website update. Or, you know, if you want to see these things just come about in website design, you know, go to studio1design.com and you know, review the the blog post and maybe even just go over and get a quote from, from Greg and, and see what his team can do. Because, I mean, all of these things that we're talking about are just, they're the things that you guys do, really, isn't it? It is, man. Yeah, thanks. But look, honestly, you know, if you aren't an established business, you're probably not ready for this level of design and you don't necessarily need it. You want to concentrate on getting an offer that converts. But once your offer converts and, you know, you're well and truly established and you're making good money, then it's time to reinvest in your brand. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. So what's your killer tip, Greg? Do you have a killer tip for the, for this episode? Yeah, just approach design trends with caution, okay? They're, they're not always a good thing, but, you know, you just want to make sure that you test and split test. So if you do a design trend change, you know, don't implement it everywhere. Just maybe test on a, a sales page, landing page, etc. And then if it converts well, then roll it out. My tip was going to be 
go to go to Greg's website and, and read the blog post, right? <laughs> but um, I actually think that's really, really important. I, I saw somebody last year spend six months designing a website, deployed it to see their conversions plummet. Wow. And then within two weeks, they were scrambling to put the old site back up because they hadn't tested any of the design changes that they'd done. So oh. err on the side of caution, maybe, if you're making significant trend design changes. You bet, man. You bet. Well, that's a wrap, Al. Thanks, listener. We'll catch you on the next episode. It was awesome having you here today. You bet. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.